Hola mi gente. The moment you've been waiting for is finally here. My brand new book, Financially Lit, is officially out. And I can't wait for you to get your copy. Inside this book, I'm bringing you culturally relevant and relatable personal finance advice that will allow you to finally feel seen, heard, and understood. Whether it's the guilt you feel from being the first person to make it while members of your family are still struggling, or the way that financial trauma manifests itself in negative and limiting beliefs around money, Financially Lit is here to guide you through it all. Just a few years ago, it was almost impossible to find personal finance books written for first-generation wealth-building Latinas. We have been forced to navigate the complicated world of money with a bunch of money books written by old white dudes who don't understand what it's like for us first-gen kids. But that stops right here, right now. Inside Financially Lit, you will learn how to set boundaries with your familia, with your dinero, create and pass on generational wealth, diversify and increase your income, protect yourself from financial abuse, navigate the complicated relationship between amor and dinero, invest like a white dude or better, and so much more. You can get your hard copy and audiobook version of Financially Lit at financiallylitbook.com and make sure to join our email list so you can find out when I'm stopping in a city near you for the Financially Lit book tour. See you soon. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. And I was fed up with the educational system and I knew that I wanted to pivot and I wanted to pivot specifically to tech. So coding had really been on my mind, like kind of for some years now, but I really took a leap of faith in the middle of the pandemic because I'm like, look, if this is the time, it's now. I'm not going to do this online remote teaching work like this is not where it's at. When there were talks about reopening the, the school buildings and all of that, I was like, oh, no, this is a mess. You're listening to Yo Quiero Dinero, a personal finance podcast for the modern Latina. I'm your host, Janice Torres, award-winning Latina personal finance expert. I didn't always have my financial shit together, but when I started looking for POC-friendly personal finance podcasts, I couldn't find any. And so Yo Quiero Dinero was born. On this show, I'll show you how to make dinero, how to keep your dinero, and most importantly, how to make it grow. Each week, I'm connecting you with the most brilliant minds in the world of money and business, so you can learn about investing, entrepreneurship, and building wealth. The best part? I'm dishing up all this knowledge with a sassy side of sazón. So if you're ready to be poderosa with your dinero, you've come to the right place. Let's dive in. Hola, mi gente. Welcome back to another episode of Yo Quiero Dinero, the podcast. This is episode 93, How FU Money Can Help You Pivot Your Career. Now, you might be asking yourself, what the hell is FU money? Well, that's a great question, y'all. FU money is essentially a pot of money that you save up in order to say FU to jobs, relationships, situationships, geographical locations, living situations, whatever it is that is just irking your spirit and no longer aligned with what you want to do, 
That is what FU money is for. It's to say F you to whatever that thing is that you need to get rid of so that you can go and live your best life. So today's episode features Gianni Latange, a Afro-Latinx first-gen wealth builder born and raised in New York City. Gianni is on a journey to financial freedom and is passionate about sharing wealth building strategies with people of color. In February 2019, she made the promise to herself that she would be financially prepared to start her investment property search in the winter of 2020, right in the middle of the pandemic, y'all. Little did she know that she would become a whole ass building owner in March of 2020. Now Gianni is teaching financial literacy and real estate financing strategies she used to secure her first multi-unit mixed-use income-earning property for only $20,000 of her own money down, and she did this all by the age of 25. Becoming a real estate investor gave Gianni the financial security she needed to opt out of her career as an elementary school teacher and become a software engineer. Talk about a pivot, y'all. I can't wait for you to check out this episode. Stay tuned. You're not going to want to miss it. Before we hop into today's conversation, I want to remind you to follow us on social. If you're loving this podcast and you want more community, you want to find out more about our events and all the stuff that we have going on behind the scenes, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, and everywhere else you love to hang out on the internet. If you're loving this podcast, please take a moment to leave us a review if you listen to us on Apple. It's the easiest way to share our podcast with people that you know and love, and it helps us get discovered by amazing listeners like you. So take a moment, leave us a review, share us with your friends and family, subscribe so that you never miss an episode, and make sure to check out our blog, YoQuieroDineroPodcast.com, where you can sign up for our email list and you'll never miss an episode. Plus, you get exclusive invitations to our live events, special discounts for our digital courses, and as always, our best personal finance tips and advice to help you be poderosa with your dinero. Thanks for listening. Now, let's get into the episode. All right. So Gianni, better known as First Gen Money Musings on Instagram, is on the podcast. Gianni, welcome. Hey, thank you so much for having me here. So happy to be here. Absolutely. I love your vibe on Instagram and I want folks to know everything about you. So why don't you start off with introducing yourself? (laughs) Of course. So I am a first generation wealth builder born and raised in New York City. And I'm really here to share my journey toward financial freedom and helping other first generation wealth builders level up and strategize money to meet our needs on our own terms. Mm. I love that. I know we're going to get along just fine. So <laughs> so let's start off with uh, this question that I ask everyone when we're first starting off, because I feel like relationship with money and what we learn about it really dictates how we move in the world. So tell me about yours. What was it like learning about money growing up? What did you learn? Yeah, for sure. So growing up, money was definitely scarce, but it was something that was sought after from my family. We were not strangers to luxury. My grandma definitely loved buying Panamanian gold and (laughs) all these nice things. Eastern Parkway and all my Brooklyn folks will definitely know about that area. (laughs) (laughs) We really liked quality items, even if we didn't come from much. But my family being from the Caribbean 
being immigrants worked very hard to secure the different things that they needed for themselves. My mother especially was super transparent about our financial needs and really open about the financial systems that she would implement to help us. So she would make me witness her on the phone with different bill collectors and tell me, you know, like when you're old enough and you're doing this, make sure you're recording everything. You have a notebook and you're writing their names down. You're writing their IDs down. You're writing down what they're saying. She always encouraged me to cut coupons or ask for discounts and, you know, just be charming and be like, look, if you don't ask, you don't receive. So even though we (laughs) we didn't necessarily come from much, but I feel like I definitely gained certain tools to find my way when it came to money. It sounds like mom has like that hustler spirit that is just so innate to first gen immigrants. Like Mm -hmm. we just will make something from nothing. (laughs) And I think that is a tool that so many of us don't really understand that we inherit. But once we start moving in the world, especially when it comes to money and just the shit that we're able to manifest, it's Mm -hmm. pretty wild. Yes, absolutely. So let's talk about your career and how you got to where you are today, because I know your backstory and you are out here living an envious life, I would say. (laughs) So let's talk about kind of where you started off with your career journey and where you are now. Yeah, for sure. So I have been working from a very young age and I think it's definitely inspired by my mom. And like you were talking about that hustler spirit that comes from my family. I had my very first job when I was 14 years old. And it was actually at the number one mergers and acquisitions law firm in the country. And I was their youngest intern ever. So I really wow. got the taste. <laughs> I got the taste for what having my own money could mean for me. I got the taste of like what having access to wealth really looks and feels like being taken out to nice dinners at like these five-star restaurants and things like that. So that early exposure really motivated me. And from that point on, I really decided to see what I liked. So I did internships in nonprofits. I did an internship at an investment bank as an investment banker. I worked in impact investing, but ultimately when I graduated college, I settled on being a teacher and an educator in the neighborhood that I was born in because I felt like I have all of these amazing experiences. I want to leverage that in a way that allows me to impact the community that I come from and the children who don't have access to the same things that I was able to have exposure to for whatever different reasons, as we know, systemic and structural. So after college, I taught for four years and Actually, my last year teaching was in 2020 in June. Uh I knew that it was going to be my last year because the school system, like, let me tell you, it's just not where it's at, right? (laughs) Like, it just, I tried to stick it out as long as I could. And, you know, don't get me wrong, there's certain great things about being a teacher. Like, we have more time off than most other industries in the country. Right. Um, Not necessarily compared to like Europe and all those places. They begin months off or whatever. Uh-huh. But <laughs> here, those things really appealed to me. I really liked that I could be able to have some flexibility to invest in myself, to travel the world and all of that. But again, I was fed up with the educational system and I knew that I wanted to pivot and I wanted to pivot specifically to tech. So coding had really been on my mind, like kind of for some years now, but 
I really took a leap of faith in the middle of the pandemic because I'm like, look, if this is the time, it's now because I'm not right. more remote. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not going to do this online remote teaching work. Like, this is not where it's at. And I, when there were talks about reopening the the school buildings and all of that, I was like, oh no, this is a mess. <laughs> so <laughs> I started coding and I applied for a scholarship through Lesbians Who Tech and I actually got it. So I applied to Grace Hopper Software Engineering Program, which is a all women's like non-binary branch of Full Stack Academy. And I was so fortunate to get in and I actually completed my boot camp this December and I'm going to be an engineering fellow for them starting tomorrow. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's amazing. Congratulations. Thank I have you. so many questions. So <laughs> first of all, where the hell did you go to high school that you were doing internships at age 14? Because I know I did not have that opportunity. Yeah, so I actually am a part of a program in New York called Prep for Prep. And Prep for Prep is basically a leadership and academic program that helps students of color from New York have access to these really affluent independent schools. And there's like a series of tests and interviews in order for you to get into Prep for Prep. Like I had to take an IQ test. I had to have like all of these different interviews, like with these super intense questions, like, and they're really looking for a sort of maturity and I don't know, all these different qualities, charm, whatever. They want to see if you, if you could be able to move in these spaces and not lose yourself. So being a part of Prep for Prep, they are super connected to all of these affluent companies and schools. And it was through Prep for Prep that I actually got that internship. And just for a little bit more perspective, Prep for Prep's number one employer is JP Morgan, and their number one school is Harvard. So that's the sort of space that I'm coming from. And uh -huh. yeah, so I went to school in Park Slope, Brooklyn. In Brooklyn, yeah. Yes. So my school didn't have anything to do with me getting the internship. It was uh -huh. Okay, so it was the program itself. Yes, exactly. Okay. So you were actually able to walk away from your career, which I think a lot of people want to do, especially after the pandemic, but we can't because of either financial limitations or just a lot of stuff that's going on. So you were actually able to walk away because you had built up an investment and savings portfolio. And I want to talk a little bit about that. So how far ahead in advance when you were thinking about making this change, did you start planning financially for it? And what did that look like? Yeah, I would say I really got serious about my money in 2018. And it feels so long ago, but I guess it's not. But <laughs> I was really motivated because I had a roommate at the time who she's white and she is not financially privileged. She has been financially independent since high school because unfortunately her family is quite homophobic and they kicked her out. So I actually met her through college and I knew about her story. But all of this is to say, when we were moving in together, we had to share our bank statements for our apartment approval. And I found out that she had like over $20,000 like saved in one of her savings accounts. And she made like $20,000 less than I did. She worked uh -huh. for a nonprofit. I believe it was ACLU. So she was making like $42,000 a year. And I'm like, how the hell did you do this? Like, and why do I not have that? So 
that really triggered a massive change. And it inspired me to commit towards saving 50% of my income. So basically from that point on, I really took a look at my finances and I was like, okay, homegirl, like we need to get it together because you need to have options for yourself. And like, also you don't like your job. So you need to have your FU fund together so that you have the option to walk away if need be. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, our housing was affordable because we were both kind of like on the same page as far as that goes. I'm fortunate that I never had any consumer debt because I always make sure to pay off my balances every single month. And I'm not a huge, was never a huge spender. So I had great credit. So it was really about just like not spending my money frivolously and just kind of like tracking where that my finances were going so that I could ensure I was saving 50% of my income. So at that point, I was also eligible to enroll in the 403B plan at my job. So I started committing, I believe it was 10% of my pre-tax income monthly. In addition to every time I would get my check, I would meet my savings goal. And that's how I prefer to quote unquote budget because I actually hate budgeting. (laughs) So you were doing like the pay yourself method where you're paying your goals first and then figuring out how to live off of the rest of the money. Exactly right. And then Mm -hmm. also just being strategic with what type of credit cards I was using so that I can maximize those rewards benefits. So getting certain cards that I could build up points in order for me to travel or get that cash back so I can use that cash back and either put it into the markets or put it directly into my savings. And I also took advantage of like the corporate benefits that came with my job. So mm-hmm. that's something that a lot of people don't realize is that they have a lot of discounts through their job. So like if I wanted to go to the movies, I'm not paying full price for the movies. I'm going to go on the Regal app through my job and I'm going to get my little $6 ticket. Okay. Mm-hmm. So yeah. different practices like that is what really helped me in addition to side hustling and leveraging the skill set that I already possessed in order for me to make that money. So I was often invited to speak at different places. So I was making sure that I was charging for that. And then I was putting that money into strategic investments. So I started studying the stock market some more, learning about different high growth ETFs. And that really helped put me in a position to be able to walk away fully from my job once Uh the time came. And so do you get into any student loan debt for your college education? Yes, I did. I actually had about $20,000 in federal student loans. Those were deferred until I finished my master's degrees. And I finished my master's in 2018 as well. Yes, yeah, so I started paying off my loans. I was paying them aggressively. So I would contribute more than I needed to. And I would split my payments up so that I was attacking the principal balance faster. So instead of just one monthly payment, I might take that whatever I was going to put toward that month and even divide it into four and have it on auto pay toward that specific loan for that specific month. So Uh I was going off after the highest interest loan. And so I wiped out my two highest interest loans and I have a little under $10,000 left in federal student loans and I haven't paid them (laughs) Because they've been on hold, right? With the pandemic. Exactly. They've been on hold. And so I took the money that I had saved for that. And I've just been investing it and just getting those returns in the stock market, especially because the returns that I'm receiving are higher than the interest. So I think Mm. for the two remaining loans, my interest is like two point something percent. 
yeah, it's not even worth dealing with until you have to deal with it. <laughs> right, exactly. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online store shop phase to the first real life store stage, all the way to the, did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dinero, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dinero now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dinero. <laughs> And so another thing that you did, you actually bought real estate, right? So can you talk a little bit about that journey? Yes, I did. Yeah. So I had made a commitment to myself that I was going to start looking for my first property in February. Was this after you left? No. So this was before I left. This okay. was before. Yeah. So it was February 2019. I made a commitment to myself that within the year I would start searching for my first investment property. But that opportunity for me to purchase actually came a lot sooner than I thought. So I reached out to a real estate agent in winter, like the end of 2019. And I started looking at Philly because I really liked Philly. And I knew I wanted to leave New York City because I had lived in New York City my whole life. Born and raised there. I went to college there. I went to Columbia. So it was just time to like do something different. And I was fortunate that I saw several amazing properties in Philly. And Philly is a really great real estate market. I mean, it's becoming a little bit more expensive now because people are getting hip to it. But uh -huh. Philly has like great rental rates, relatively low vacancy, really low taxes, great food, great nightlife. It's close to New York City. It's close to Baltimore, all these other areas. It's a really great East Coast city. So yeah, I went and I toured a couple of different properties in like December, January. And there were, it's funny because the property that I ended up purchasing, I saw it as early as November. 
And then when it was still available, when I went to view in December, January, I was like, "Eh, are you sure? (laughs) Because I don't understand how this property is still in the market. And she was like, my agent was like, yeah, like the previous buyer fell through. And I'm like, okay, whatever. And I saw it and I really fell in love. Like the area that I live in, it's kind of like, it's like Dumbo, to be honest, the way that it's developing. There's so much construction going on. It's really close to the Philadelphia Museum of Modern Art, close to a huge park, all of these different things that really made it attractive for me. Uh So... And I also liked that it was a multi-unit property and it was mixed use. So I actually have a store underneath and I found out that it also came with air rights. It came with a 10-year tax abatement. It was just like a a gold mine of a property. I'm like, wait, this is what? Like this is still on the market? Okay, whatever. Uh (laughs) I decided to put in my offer and I was a little bit nervous because I wanted to use FHA financing. But we were worried about the split because for FHA, like it needs to be majority residential uh-huh. for you to qualify for the loan. And my first lender was really trying to discourage me. They were like, no, we can't underwrite this deal, yada, yada, yada. And I was like, no, there is precedence for this. And so I basically found different, I was diligent about my research and I found different lenders. Even my real estate agent wasn't sure it was going to be possible, but I got approved for it. And so it was great. Only required for me to put 3.5% down. So all in all, like with closing costs and everything, it cost me about $20,000 to get a property that was already cash flowing and is in an area that is greatly appreciating and developing. Allows me to also maintain affordable housing for my current tenants. So I'm really happy with it. And I think it was a great first deal for me to do. That's amazing. So you don't live in the property. Yes, I actually do live in the property. Okay. So you live in one unit, you have a store underneath, and then is there a second tenant? So I currently I have a roommate for one of the bedrooms. And then it March comes up on a year of me living there. And then it doesn't need to be owner because with FHA, it has to be owner occupied. Two years. For one year. And one okay. year under FHA is actually nine months. <laughs> so mm-hmm. there's a lot of flexibility. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely one of the reasons why I encourage FHA. Also, the benefit of having an owner occupied property is that you benefit from something called imputed rent. So you actually don't pay taxes on the income that you get from your tenants. And you also pay less capital gains tax if you were to sell it or refinance or something like that. So there's just so many benefits to just living in the property for a year or a couple of years. I'm probably going to use part of the equity to purchase another property in the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. So that's amazing. First off, congrats to you because you are making some serious money moves that I think most people your age are probably just like not even thinking about. And it sounds like you just have a really clear vision about like what you're trying to build. So I'm curious, based on the fact that you are a woman of color, you are in a community that honestly is often ignored by the financial industry. And you know that. What are some of the money struggles that you see people like you dealing with when it comes to even conceptualizing the the ability to build wealth? Yeah, absolutely. One of the biggest challenges, widespread challenges I see amongst people of color is credit. So most 
often, and that was actually one of the biggest motivations for me to start this platform is because before I moved into my last apartment in New York City, because I actually ended up qualifying for a rent stabilized, like pre-war one bedroom, which was really great. And I actually like house hacked that as well because of how the space was divided. But I wanted to actually get two like women of color to move into my previous apartment with me and bedside because that was the neighborhood that I had grew up in. And it was actually across the street from my old elementary school, but I actually couldn't find anyone who would have been approved by my landlord, unfortunately. So even if they had the salary, they didn't necessarily have the credit score Mm. and they didn't necessarily have a guarantor who could like vouch for their lack of credit or they might've had good credit, but didn't have the salary. So, but again, I want to focus really on that credit part because so many of us are excluded from having good credit because we start building it too late. So even if like, you aren't indebted and maybe you don't have good credit just because you've never opened up a credit card and you pay everything in cash or with your debit card, that really hurts you considerably from having access to quality housing, even from getting certain jobs. So many of us start learning about credit too late in the game, whereas white affluent families are opening a credit card in their children's name within 15 days of them being born, because at 15 days is when you get your social security number or something like that. So a lot of my white peers have like 800 plus credit scores and they don't even know what credit is, but (laughs) their family, you know, did that for them. So it's something, and your age of credit is one of the biggest factors in your credit score. So you can imagine how many of us are just like excluded from that. If we're finding out about credit once we're like fully adults, you know, and have graduated college or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's such an important point. And it really is the barrier to accessing a lot of these wealth building tools that people that don't face these issues take for granted. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the limiting beliefs that you have dealt with as you pursue this wealth building journey? Because I know for me, it feels very like isolating knowing that I'm doing things that just are not common in my family, not common in my community. It can feel a lot like imposter syndrome. And I'm just wondering if you have dealt with anything like that. Yeah, for sure. There's so many beliefs that I'm so grateful to have broken. Like for one, I really thought it would take forever to build wealth. I thought I would have to work until the legal age of retirement in this country to become a millionaire. And Thankfully, since finding out about FIRE, you know, the Financial Independence Retire Early community, they're finding out about these different wealth building avenues, such as having property assets like property or building on the stock market. I'm seeing that that is a lie, girl. Okay, like we can Uh have it earlier. It is more than possible. I'm so happy to be pursuing this wealth and really being able to be a leader in that sort of space. Some other things is like, I thought I would, it would take years for me to, years of penny pinching for me to own a property. But then learning about FHA and all of these different amazing programs, different housing grants and stuff like that. And some of which I shared my new real estate book that I recently released just really showed me that it's more than possible to make this happen. I thought I would also need to be a six-figure earner to be considered wealthy or have access to wealth. And that is not true. Like I have never 
earned six figures before, but look at how much I've done just because I've been strategic with my finances and sought those different creative financing opportunities and really just developing the awareness and really taking ownership of my education, trusting myself, making calculated investments has brought me to this place to really dismantle those false beliefs. I'd love that. That's so powerful. So what does financial self-care look like for you? So financial self-care looks like me making sure that I always have a solid emergency fund first and foremost. Really my FU fund, okay? Having enough money so that I don't need to take any sort of job that I don't want to take. Because my mental health is too precious, okay? Like my ancestors have suffered enough. I don't need to be a no you know, broke ass job that's putting me down or whatever. Like I'm just yes. not myself in that position. Okay. Like Mm-mm. that's <laughs> one thing we are not doing. Okay. <laughs> there are too many resources available out there for us to really limit ourselves. And like, we don't need to feel small. Okay. There are so many different ways to make and build wealth as I'm sure like you are such a testament to that. And like, you know that I love you and I'm just like obsessed with everything. Oh, that you thank care. You. <laughs> Seriously, because you lay the game out so clearly and it's like, look, I'm doing it. It's possible. There is more than enough for all of us to have access to this, right? Like being yeah. able to monetize your blog and your platform, like, and still give so much free impactful information, right? So it's like, we don't have to be some miserly Scrooge to be wealthy. We don't have to hoard. We don't have to compromise on our values. We can be entirely who we are and secure the bag. There is so much in that. Like, I think the moment we really start living authentically and showing up as our true selves, like the universe rewards that. Mm-hmm. We can't be out here trying to be what we're not, trying to imitate some white ideological version of like what success looks like because that's just not who we are that's not who we're meant to be Mm -hmm. and our spirit is going to reject that because it doesn't Mm. resonate it doesn't feel good yeah absolutely and i think that's the root honestly of imposter syndrome like we're Mm. trying to aspire to shit that's not even relevant to our own experience exactly that is so real that is Mm. so So, tell me What advice would you give to somebody who wants to do something like what you've done? Really just take control of their finances, build a life that feels good inside and out, and that allows them to really pursue their highest purpose. What advice would you give? Yes, absolutely. So really, it all starts in the mind as what I'm sure some folks can gather from this conversation. Like, you have to really start believing that you are entitled to this abundance, you are entitled to this wealth, that you are deserving of it, and that it is absolutely possible. So starting with setting some daily intentions around your money, like that is something that I love to share, different money mantras to really like get you in the spirit of attracting that sort of that the life that is meant for you. Start tracking your spending to see if your actions are actually aligning with what you say you want for yourself. Right. And this is really going to prompt the subconscious mind toward that accountability, toward that full alignment where you're like, okay, like me, like buying money frivolously on something where I can't even remember what it's going toward. Is that me being my wealthiest self? Is that me being that powerful, abundant person that I say that I want to be? 
Of course, everyone has different financial challenges, but really the mental is the first place because so much happens there. We can create whatever it is that we want with our minds. Our reality creation abilities are so possible. I'm yes. sorry, it's powerful and also possible. <laughs> Absolutely. And I have seen that time and time again, like when you really start being intentional about everything that you're doing, and that includes like how you deal with money, like there's a lot of power in that. Mm-hmm. So what is your money mantra? Oh, I have so many. And I love <laughs> it, okay. I love all of my different mantras. So one that really resonates with me is actually a longer phrase, but just money finds its way to me. Money recognizes me. Money is comfortable around me. Money likes me. Money chooses me in all its forms. That is a whole word. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Like, look, we need to not see money as our enemy. Money is our friend. Okay. Money is, has the power for whatever it is that we say it does. So just really putting that sort of energy on this inanimate thing, right? That we know holds so much weight really just helps us to, again, like reprogram our minds toward that abundance that we are entitled to. Uh, Gianni, this conversation has been amazing. And I'm sure people are going to want to find out more about you and follow your journey. So where can we do that? Yes, absolutely. So folks can follow me on Instagram at First Gen Money Musings. And from there on, you can also follow me on my Twitter. It's like tagged on all of my different posts. It's a little bit different because it's too long for Twitter, but <laughs> whatever. Yeah. And I'm supposed to have the same handles, but it didn't work out that way. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> and they can also find me at firstgenmoneymusings.com. Amazing. I am so excited to just continue to watch your journey. Congratulations on your fellowship. I mean, that's major. Like you really are just the definition of somebody who is owning life versus life owning them. And I hope that this story inspires so many people to really just think about what your ideal life looks like and start being a very active participant in crafting and designing just that. Thank you so much. Thank you. I'm so happy to have this conversation with you. (laughs) Thank you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you are ready to take your dinero to the next level, sign up for our free 14-page guide, The Financially Lit Latina, the ultimate blueprint for becoming poderosa with your dinero. This 14-page guide includes our best tips on money mindset, budgeting, debt repayment, career, investing, financial independence, side hustles, and more. And you can get it completely free. So to get your copy of the Financially Lit Latina, just head over to YoQuieroDineroPodcast.com slash start. 
That's YoQuieroDineroPodcast.com slash start and start transforming your dinero story today. Until next time, stay empowered, stay inspired, and stay poderosa. On the Yo Quiero Dinero podcast and associated entities, all information provided is for general information purposes only and does not constitute accounting, legal, tax, or other professional advice. Listeners should not act upon the content or information found here without first seeking appropriate advice from an accountant, financial planner, lawyer, or other professional. We assume no responsibility for information contained on this podcast and associated entities and disclaim all liability with respect to such information, including but not limited to any liability for errors, inaccuracies, omissions or misleading or defamatory statements. Usage of this podcast and associated contents constitutes an explicit understanding and acceptance of the terms of this disclaimer.